Okay, welcome everyone to Snacks for Thought, a podcast where I speak my mind, no one is there to stop me, and it is barely edited at all. So today's topic is going to be Disney villains and their definitive rankings. I'm going to be ranking five Disney villains, so my top five, and I'm going to be basing this off of three categories of criteria. Their look, so their character design, how cohesive their look is, and how it fits in with the protagonist. Their songs, so what songs they sing, um, does it accurately define their wants and their desires, and their overall meanness, so is it relatable, can the viewer understand why they're being so mean? Starting off at number five, we have Hans. Now, why, you may ask, why is he at number five? Hans, starting off with his looks, is bland. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say it. He is bland. He has, at most, three um, costume changes throughout the show. His first costume, you know, very prince-like, very blue. I don't know what else to say about it. His second outfit may align with the changing of his nature, the changing of his um, personality, his demeanor, as we find out that he is manipulating Anna. But I still think, you know, there could have been something more. He's he's good to look at, but other than that, I think he's just boring. Let me tell you about Hans's, frankly, pathetic selection of songs, okay? He performs Love is an Open Door with Anna, which contributes to the plot of the movie. You know, it gets the ball rolling. It establishes that Anna is madly in love because she hasn't had human contact with anyone else in years and years, but it's half a song, and it does not establish his true self, what he really wants. You know, I think Disney, as such a large company and such a powerful company, they're rich, they're loaded. They could have paid just a little bit, just a little bit for the for the claims to, you know, that song that goes money, money, money. I think that would have been great for Hans. Now, here is where Hans redeems himself, his overall meanness. As we all know, or I think, Miss Van, you know, you've watched Frozen before, I hope. As we all know, Hans acts like the good guy for most of this movie. He acts like he wants to help Anna, that he's madly in love with her, and he just wants the best for her and her sister. Now, Obviously, he betrays her. He reveals at the end of the movie that all he wanted was her power, her money, her wealth, and he leaves her basically to die. And if it weren't for Olaf, Anna would have passed away. This was not predictable, a little bit devastating for me because I was like, oh my god, Hans, he's so pretty, you know, love him. He he has a nice smile. He, I love his horse, you know, but no, he betrayed all of us in the end. And I think that is a level of meanness that Disney villains can only hope to achieve. At number four, we have Cruella de Vil. Now, this is a huge step up from Hans. We have gone from scrounging for our dinner in a New York City dumpster to a nice pizza joint in New Jersey. Let's start off with her outfits. We all know Cruella Deville is a fashionista. Her personality revolves around it. She owns a fashion corporation, industry, business, whatever it is. She likes furs, all right? She 
likes to be a diva, she likes to wear expensive things, but this also kind of contributes to the fact that she wants to skin these puppies alive. Although Cruella DeVille does not actually sing in this movie, she doesn't have any songs, but her theme song, her little jingle, you know, the one that goes Cruella DeVille, Cruella DeVille, that is so catchy. I, when I first heard it, I could not stop singing it for three days and I had to be asked multiple times, stop singing it, stop whistling it, stop taking it wherever you go. I think we can all agree that Cruella is a mean person. She is unquestionably one of the most evil women in all of the old Disney movies. She literally wants to kill these animals for sport, for her own means, her own gains. And I think, you know, if everyone hates her that much, then that means she has done her job as a Disney villain. At number three, we have Dr. Facilier from The Princess and the Frog. Dr. Facilier, on my tier list, um, on my comparisons of Disney villains to food, we have upgraded from pizza restaurant in New Jersey to perhaps a fine dining establishment in Upper New York. Dr. Facilier was a benchmark, right? He was the first villain of color to not be painted in a bad light because of his race, much unlike, for example, the Indians from Peter Pan. Now that, that was overtly racist, but you know what? We're just gonna breeze right past that. His look. He has a very distinctive sense of style. Um, he is all angles in a way. He doesn't really have any soft lines or like curves. He just is all sharp edges. And I think that really contributes to his look, his like voodoo, hoodoo man, villain appearance. I think one can argue that his songs are superior to a lot of Disney villains. Friends on the Other Side is catchy, it's a bop, but it also establishes a clear want, a clear desire, and it establishes his role in the movie. It establishes what he's going to be doing and how he's going to be doing it. Now, ranking his overall meanness, I think, is where it starts to get tricky, because Dr. Facilier is not necessarily a very mean person he has been he has been fooled before right he has been poor he has been homeless i think some of his goals are justified but also turning someone into a frog is morally wrong and i think we have to take points off for that so in meanness he gets a three out of five Coming in at number two, we have Gaston. Now, Gaston, people seem to either love him or hate him as a character. Personally, I think he's a pretty solid character. I think clothing-wise, this is where he's the weakest because he doesn't really seem to have a lot of it on. He has, you know, his signature red shirt and his gloves, but I think that was the point. I think the show designers kind of wanted to show as much of him off as possible, and that's why they made his shirt so short, his arm so gigantic, you know. 
Now, Gaston's songs. I think this is a noteworthy topic because Gaston, while he himself does not sing a whole lot in the song Gaston, it is so catchy, so good, and it really solidifies the role of Le Fou and where he stands when it comes to Gaston because obviously he basically worships Gaston. He's like, I love you, you know, you shouldn't be sad over this girl because you're you're worth so much more than her. And I think that just makes him more willing to go out and get her and that kind of fuels the whole movie. I think overall meanness is where Gaston takes the cake because he makes me so irrationally angry. He is not only egotistical and self-centered, making him super easy to hate, he also tries to kill the beast, separate our dynamic duo, he shames Maurice, he has gigantic arms, which I am a little bit jealous of, right? There's a lot of things to hate here. Last but certainly not least in number one is Yzma from The Emperor's New Groove. Now, I know what you're thinking, Ollie. This character is so ghetto. We do not talk about her enough. And that is exactly the problem. See, Yzma, Yzma's character design, first of all, is so strong. She does not have a single non-bony bone in her body. She is sticks and stones, if you will. She has such a unique character design. Her, like, really long eyelashes, her completely purple outfits. I think it's just, it contributes to her character as a whole. Yzma's personality, her character, her overall meanness, if you will, she is, I think, by far one of the most interesting characters. She's more of a morally gray villain, so viewers can understand why she's acting the way that she is. Obviously, the throne has been taken from her. She works for a cranky teenager, and it can get frustrating, I'm sure. 